With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Wood the Flowers podcast. We're your hosts, Kim McChesney and Erica Shalloway. On this podcast, we'll be offering hope and encouragement to those who are grieving various types of loss. We'll be discovering tools and ideas for supporting others through their grief journey. And we hope to bring education and awareness to the heavy topic of grief. Thank you for listening. On today's episode, we'll be speaking with Randy Doty. Randy previously served as a police chief, emergency medical technician, and a licensed private investigator, performing fatal accident investigations for decades. Following his tenure in emergency services, Randy also served as a hospice volunteer and a Christian grief support group facilitator. He is uniquely qualified and experienced with companioning families and friends of those who have endured a tragic loss. Randy's grief resume is not limited to his professional services alone. A series of devastating personal losses beginning as early as age six gave Randy an unwelcomed baptism into the grief experience. However, it wasn't until the age of 49 when the tragic suicide of a close friend overwhelmed him with loss, both past and present. This led Randy to seek professional grief support through training from Dr. Alan Wolfelt of the Center for Loss in Fort Collins, Colorado. Grief support has become a passion. Randy also served as a certified Christian mental health coach and uses these skills to help others who are struggling with their faith through their season of loss. His focus as a mental health coach is to help people move forward through their loss as a coach in contrast to helping them unravel their past hurts as a counselor. Randy has been the beneficiary of divinely appointed help through life's most difficult seasons, and he now feels called to do the same for others. In 2004, Randy founded a company called Glass Tears, Inc., His unique sympathy gift company has also connected him with people struggling from loss across the country and around the world. Randy is an avid writer and has penned more than 500 poems related to every imaginable type of loss for his Glass Tears business. This business has also been a platform enabling Randy to speak publicly and to host seminars on all types of grief and loss topics. Randy recently celebrated 40 years of marriage to his wife, Cindy, and he has two daughters, a granddaughter and a grandson. He is an unapologetic follower of Jesus Christ and credits his strong faith with sustaining him through its most difficult days. He gives all the glory and everything he does to God and his personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Thanks so much for joining us, Randy. Thanks for having me. So on today's episode, we're going to dive into a concept called the grief room. And Randy has coined this concept, and we hope to just touch on the different walls and the floor and the ceiling of the room today. And then in later episodes, we'll delve deeper into what each of those aspects entail. So Randy, if you could just give us a little background as to how you came up with the concept of the grief room and just an overview of what it is, that would be great. The grief room really uh, came from uh, my own experiences with grief. And, you know, I I found that there were certain uh, struggles that I dealt every time I had a specific loss in my life. And grief isn't related only to death. You know, grief is loss, uh, the loss of anything that you love. So as I was going through my life, you know, and, and I would have various struggles, there were, there were 
common aspects of, of each struggle that, that I would find. And then as I ran across people that were also struggling through losses and, and they would invite me into their hearts, I would find that they had very similar things. You know, So I started mapping out in my own mind this thing called the grief room. And, and the grief room is really a metaphor for uh, the human heart. And the human heart really is is what struggles, you know, through grief or any type of loss. So uh, in our heart, there are many rooms and the grief room is just one of them. Thank you. So would you go into, do you want to start with the ceiling or the floor or one of the walls? Which would you like to start with? The grief room, and it probably was more appropriately, you know, the grief house, the metaphorical heart. Uh, there, There's a front wall, there's a back wall, there's two side walls, and there's a ceiling and a floor. So, so those are the main surfaces. The grief room that, that we, we most of us deal with is really the, the central room of the house. And, and it's more, you know, rather than being a room, it's more of a courtyard. So if you imagine having this, you know, front wall and you, and you come through the door of the front wall and it will bring you to a courtyard. And then as you're in the courtyard, there are a wall to the left, a wall to the right, a wall directly in front of you. And, and the ceiling itself is, is the sky. The ceiling is something I call the Y sky. And I'll explain that in, in a minute. But the, 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 this space is really where uh, all of us deal. This courtyard is where most of us spend our lifetime, in, in this courtyard, in, in, this, uh, in this grief room. And the courtyard is the grief room where uh, we will deal with all of the, the various aspects of life. So as we start out, let's, let's look at the front wall. Uh, the front wall is our interface with the outside world. So when we look at the front wall, the front wall... Uh, metaphorically represents the body, the flesh. And and the front wall, you know, in, in the Bible, it talks about the importance of guarding our heart, and we all need to guard our heart. And the front wall is where we guard our heart from all types of things of the outside world. That's This is where we can defend what accesses the, the inside of our heart. And some of us will leave our hearts wide open, allow people in, and just say, why is my heart always broken? Well, you don't have a front door. You're letting everybody into your heart. You're letting any kind of people in your heart. You're letting sin into your heart. You're letting drugs into your heart. So, so really, the, the front wall represents our need to defend all of the rest of the spaces inside. So that's the, you know, that's the front wall. As we step into the courtyard, front, you know, come through the front door, the courtyard represents our knowledge and understanding. The, the, the floor represents everything that we know and conceive of and understand. So the size of our grief room basically depends on how much knowledge do we have. So the more knowledge that we have uh, about all different aspects of life, but the more knowledge we have, the larger our room becomes. And when you're talking about grief, one of the problems with grief is that most people don't take the time to learn anything about grief until they're immersed in it. So that means that there's already an attack at your front door. You know, death is, you know, and, and grief and loss is attacking your front door. Right. And, and now when you get inside, you have no knowledge or understanding. So it's like you're in a phone booth, you know. Uh, but it's you know it, you're in this little tiny area that that's that's inside, so it's important that we develop knowledge about grief and loss and what 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 is grief and loss and 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 so if you're going to be coping and dealing with that, you need some knowledge. A lot of people don't like to explore the topic of grief because it's painful, and if we haven't gone through it ourselves yet, we'd consider ourselves blessed. So, how would you recommend someone go about learning about grief and you know? expanding their knowledge floor prior to going through that themselves? I think the reason that many people don't like to talk about grief is because they think of the most catastrophic scenario. Mm -hmm. 
you know, oh, my mom and dad were killed in a car accident. You know, like that, you know, that's a horrific thing. Right. So that's one grief. But, you know, when, when I look back at my own life and, and I said, you know, starting as early as six, my first grief experience that I, I can remember and my first experience with church was watching our church burn to the ground. Mm. You know, our church had been struck by lightning and, and it struck the steeple and, and the entire church burnt to the ground. And I was watching my, my dad and other men from the church run in and out of the church, and my mom was crying and every and I was just I, I was I, I remember being there. I, I can remember standing there and being completely overwhelmed. That was really my first grief experience. Because my, my, my world had been invaded. You know, all of my comfortable storybook world was crashing down around yeah. me. You know, so I was six years old. When, when I was nine years old, my cousin and, and one of my best friends developed brain cancer and died. Yeah. You know, so, so that was my first grief related to death. But my, grand, my parents and grandparents didn't know how to talk to me about it. Yeah. So, so when, we, you know, when you're looking at grief, you know, uh, and, and you're looking at grief in the future, I think it's good for us to go back and just say, what are some of the traumatic grief experiences that I've had in my past? Mm-hmm. All of us should sit down and map our, our, our lost molecule. What are the terrible hurts and pains that we've had in life, whether they're reconciled or unreconciled, and start mapping that. And, and those are all grief experiences. And the problem with grief is that grief is cumulative. If you have an unreconciled loss and you don't do anything about it, the next time you have another unreconciled loss, it connects to it. So it's like this element and that element starts the molecule. Then there's another loss. Then there's another loss. And suddenly one day there'll be a loss that doesn't seem that catastrophic to the rest of the world, and it's completely wiped you out. Mm -hmm. That's because you have a loss molecule. That's because all of these losses of the past that you've done nothing with have accumulated, and now you're overwhelmed. So would you recommend studying grief or immersing yourself in something that could educate you on the different types of grief or what others might be experiencing? Yeah, I, I think, you know, there, there's lots of ways to learn about grief. One way is, you know, to read about it. One of, another way is to listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, uh, you know, when a friend uh, is going through a loss and they open their heart to you and they're willing to share their struggles and what they're going on, you, you, you will learn from their grief experience. Mm-hmm. And you have to be, be willing to go into that uncomfortable space and talk to them and listen to them uh, and listen more than talk. Mm-hmm. And, and it's important to, to, to be able to talk to them about what their, what their beliefs are. Most of us learn how to grieve from our family. You know, you watch your parents, you watch your grandparents. When someone in the family dies, oh, this is how we do grief. And many, of the, many families don't do grief well mm-hmm. at all. I was teaching a um, death and dying class to a, a group of high school students. They were was homeschool students that were looking for a special class. And they asked me if I would do a 10-week class on death and dying. And the parents couldn't imagine what I would talk about for 10 weeks. Wow. And one of the boys in the class said, our family doesn't do grief. It's like, what does that mean, you don't do grief? And basically what he was telling me is, we don't acknowledge grief. If someone dies, we just basically, we don't know what sees each other cry. We just push it away, and we don't do anything with it. But one way to learn about grief is being willing to step into someone else's grief and, and those uncomfortable moments and those you know silence you know, there's a silence and, and you don't know what to say and they don't know what to say. You know, ex- exposing yourself to that is, is a great way to learn about grief and, yeah. and understand the feelings, what they're going through and what you might go through. Yeah, and those life experiences will just continue to grow that, that floor, that right. knowledge floor. And, and sometimes as much as just saying, well, I'm going to go to a memorial service. Mm. Well, I don't want to go to the memorial service because I don't know what to say or I'm going to feel uncomfortable or afraid I'm going to cry. No, we, we, we learn about grief by allowing ourselves to be exposed to that. Your generation is basically considered the death-free generation mm-hmm. uh, in that 
your parents don't have a lot of experience with grief for the most part. Therefore, you don't have a lot of experience with grief. So been so good at longevity and increasing longevity that many families are just, as a family, totally inexperienced how they'll deal with grief. What will we do when this tragedy happens in mm-hmm. our life? So, so it's just, you know, that, that's the floor. The floor is getting that understanding. The opposite space, and, and you'll find it in the grief room in, in the courtyard, every space has a direct opposite to it. So the ceiling, which in the courtyard there's no ceiling, it's what I call the Y sky. And the Y sky represents everything that we don't understand, we can't conceive of, it's unimaginable, it's unanswerable. So, so the floor is everything that we can figure out and understand and comprehend. The ceiling, or the Y sky, is everything that we can't conceive of. And it's funny when I talk about this, people just say, well, if I don't understand it, I don't believe it. It's like, really? If you don't, if you don't understand it, you don't believe in it? I said, when you look up at the night sky and, and you see the stars and beyond the stars is pitch black, I said, that's infinity. That goes forever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't stop. It just goes and goes. You understand infinity. For the earth to go around the, the sun one time in a year in 365 days, the earth has to travel at a speed of 60,000 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. A bullet goes 6,000 miles an hour. So currently the earth is traveling 10 times faster than a bullet. Do you understand that? Of course you don't. <laughs> Spends a thousand miles an hour to create day and night. Earth is twenty five thousand miles at the equator, so we're spending a thousand miles an hour, going sixty thousand miles an hour, and you look out at the sky and it looks like we're perfectly still. Mm-hmm. So there's so much that we really don't understand, and part of the grief experience is being willing to recognize that there are times where we are not going to have answers. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be an answer. There's not going to be meaning. It will make no sense. And that's an important aspect of the humility of understanding that there are some things we will understand and get, and there are some things that we're not meant to understand. And, and there are many things in my life that, that have happened to me in my life that have made no sense. It may never make any sense, but I've got to have that wise guy, that willingness to say, I'm willing to release that to the wise guy. I'm not going to carry why around forever and say, I'm not moving on with my life until I understand why. Mm, I think that's a great point. And I've I've seen a lot of this in my conversations with people and, and from our With the Flowers page, just people having trouble even having conversations with their friends who are grieving because they don't have the answers. And I think naturally we all want to know how to fix things and want to know exactly what to say. I think that's huge to just accept the fact, to humbly accept the fact that we don't have all the answers, but to still be able to be there for people in those challenging times. Right. When you look back 150 years ago, if I had a child and that child died from cancer and I understood all the mechanics of cancer, I understood mm-hmm. what it was. Or you go back 150 years ago and they say, my child died. What did, why did your child die? I don't know. They just died. Mm-hmm. Do they grieve more than I grieve? Mm-hmm. Because I have so many more answers about, about cancer and I understand the dynamics and the mechanics and they, they grieve exactly the same. Answers don't bring us the relief that we believe that they will. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's essential in our heart to have a wise guy in there that sooner you're willing to release your questions to the wise guy and just let them go. And it's really, you know, it's really kind of like a faith thing. You know, it's like when we look, you know, when we pray to God, we pray to God up in, up in the heavens. And, and, and that's what are the heavens? We don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know what that, <laughs> that even is. But, you know, in our heart, we have to be willing to do that. And there are people that will struggle with grief for many years saying, I will grieve this until I have an answer. And that means you're going to grieve till you die. Mm. So let's move on to one of the walls. Okay. 
When you come into the courtyard, to the left there's a wall, and to the right there's a wall. The wall to the left is the wall of the past. You know, so all of the things of our past uh, that have happened to us are on the wall to the left. All of the things that have happened in our future are on the wall to the right. And the only place that we will ever be is in the middle of the courtyard, and that's the present. You know, none of us can go into the past, none of us can go into the future. But the past and the future affect us. So when we look at the, uh, the wall of the past when we come in, when you look at that wall, what do you have on that wall? You know, I've called it before the picture wall, mm-hmm. where, where all of our things, are ba- good things and bad things have happened to you in life. So if you say, okay, Randy, I'm going to invite you into my heart. So when you invite me into your heart, I'm going to be able to see what, you know, the things that, that, that you're proud of and the things that you're angry about and, and, and they'll be on there. But, but that wall is very important, and, and we can go in, into a lot of depth in that wall. But there's pictures on there that represent, and there's people that have had tragedy happen in their life, and that picture will be up there always. You know, oh, my son was killed in a car accident, you know, and, and the picture of the car accident is always there. There are people that have been through Auschwitz, mm-hmm. and you go in their heart, and it, it's not there. You don't see it. It, it, it. It's a reconciled loss that they've dealt with, and you wouldn't even know that they've been through that tragedy. So when you're inside your heart, the question becomes, what do you have on that wall? Mm-hmm. If a doctor did something malpractice and now your husband died of a, mm-hmm. a, a medical malpractice, do you have a picture of the doctor hanging up mm-hmm. you know, that, in, in your heart? So as we get into our heart and start examining our heart, we're looking for wanted posters. We're looking for for scenes of the car accident or scenes of, of whatever's happened. That's on the surface. Now, in that wall, there are two other rooms. We're not going to go into those rooms mm-hmm. because you know, we, this would be a, a, you know, a whole weekend event. But, uh, you know, so, so we won't go into those rooms. But that wall is a significant wall. When we look to the right, that's the wall of the future. And the wall of the future is also important. The wall of the future uh, has two more doors in it. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's two more doors in, in that wall. But in that wall, we're looking at your hopes and dreams and your plans and your schemes. You know, when, when someone comes up to me and says, oh, my son died and, and, and I'm struggling with that, you know, and, and say, okay, let's, let's look at your hopes and dreams. Say, well, no, when he died, I no longer have any hopes mm-hmm. and dreams, mm-hmm. you know. Or there's the people that have plans and schemes, you know. You know, and, you know when we make plans, you know, God chuckles, you know, mm-hmm. because, you know, God knows what's in our future, but we don't. So this wall, one of the things that's unique about this wall, this wall has a mirror on it. And, and, and this mirror is when we look at this wall, we see a reflection of ourselves. And our future really depends on how we see ourselves in the present moment. If we see ourselves as a victim, as a loser, as unlovable, our future is pretty bleak. So that wall is important. And, and again, we're not going to go into those two rooms. But as you come into the courtyard, you can see the past is on my left, the future is on my lo- right, and the present is on the future. Now, where do you want to be? If, if, if you want to be in the present, you want to be dead center between the left wall and the right wall. Where do you want to be as far as understanding and, and not understanding? Do you want to be halfway between you know, understanding but also accepting that there's things that you can't understand? Right. So now you're finding balance between these two walls, between the ceiling and the floor. Mm-hmm. The final wall, the wall in the back, is our core belief wall. And our core belief wall is, is, is the bearing wall of the heart and the bearing wall of, of the grief room. And it's, imp- it's an important wall because uh, what happens is everything that happens on the outside of the world, we are going to test in this wall. And again, there's two rooms in that wall, <laughs> as you might guess. 
you know, one of the rooms in that wall is called the courtroom. And the courtroom is where we come to conclusions and reach interpretations about things that happen in life. Why did my daughter get cancer? Mm. Well, because God doesn't love me. God doesn't care. There can't be a God. You know, what God would allow that to happen? People that reach that conclusion, that's because their core belief wall wasn't strong enough. Mm. The core belief wall has three layers. The, the surface layer is paint. That is your surface beliefs. Right. That, that's like believing in the eagles or the cowboys. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's, just, that, that's, that's paint. That's a surface belief. Below the surface belief is plaster. And, and, and if there's plaster on the walls, that's fine. But your house isn't going to be held up by those plaster walls. Right. So, so, so the plaster is deep beliefs. These are things that we really, really believe. But when life tests us, they crumble and fall apart. Mm. Behind that is a stone wall. And that's where our core belief stones are. And that's important. What are the core beliefs? What are the things in life that you believe to be true in good times, bad times, they're going to hold up to the test? You know, they're, they're really looking to see, okay, will that, will that wall hold up under the pressures of life? So, so all of the stuff that's happening in our, in our front wall, our interface wall, is really in direct contrast to saying, okay, how, how does what's happening, you know, like right now, if you watch the news, do you, do you feel really good after you watch the news? No, you feel terrible. Because what's happening in your core beliefs and your values isn't matching up with what you're seeing in the outside world. Mm. So now there's this struggle, and how do we do this? And, and we have to recognize that there needs to be that, that balance. You know, how, what, how, do, how does what's happening outside affect what's going on inside? Mm. So that's a really quick version of, of, yeah. of what the, you know, there, there's, there's the surfaces, there's the floor, the ceiling, and, and, and the four walls. And that's really the grief room, or that's what her heart really is. Wow. Well, I can't wait to dive deeper into the walls. I'm excited to get into the extra rooms and the closets and everything. So where would you recommend someone start? If we're experiencing grief, whether it's a death or another type of loss, how would you recommend someone apply this grief room to their own life? So you have to start saying, okay, what are the struggles that are going on in my heart? What's really happening here? And is it a lack of core beliefs? Is Is it because of the way I'm letting people in or the way I'm looking at the world uh, is, is because I have to understand I'm not willing to release things. Mm. And that's really how the, the grief room and, and, and the house of the brokenhearted has come to me because every time I have a problem or issue in life and a struggle in life, it always comes down to exactly the same things. I've left the wrong people in my life. I've left the wrong things in my life. It it's, it's always <laughs> comes down to being pretty simple. Yeah. It comes down to it. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.